Well, gosh, that's nothing. Drive on. What's the problem here? Good day and welcome to Wheat Pete's Word here on RealAgriculture.com for Wednesday, September the 23rd on this episode of The Word. Frost, really? And it shouldn't have done that much damage. What is going on? Then it is dry. What do we need to do to manage no rainfall to speak of in much of September? And oh gosh, the ground has gone hard. After that, dang it, two pay attention alerts and one real quick, yes, it's great, awesome alert. After that, we're into farmer rapid fire. Lots of questions coming in. We'll get through as many as we can of those. Let's go. First off, let's start with bean yields. Oh my gosh. Where it is dry or where it was dry all summer, I am hearing soybean yields below, yes, I said below 20 bushels per acre. Oh, that is just harsh. The best yields in that area are kind of hitting 40 bushels, lots in the mid-20s. That's that's not where we'd like to be. Meanwhile, we go up into the rainfall zone and southern Bruce County with yields over 70 bushels per acre on soybeans. I mean, Bruce County is not considered to be the mecca of soybean production. Just really, really astounding yields from that perspective. Keep the yields coming. By the way, where are all the people with the corn silage yields? I'd like to know how that's doing. I've heard almost nothing on that front. Uh, The very best I've heard is a little bit kind of below average, mediocre, close to average, but starch levels are awesome, meaning the cobs are big versus the size of the stock. So hopefully that bodes well for grain corn yields. Okay, going to move on. And yes, the 19th of September. This was an early year. This was not supposed to happen. And what is really astounding is the amount of damage and how widespread it is across the province. So it never got that cold. The coldest temperature that I heard re- recorded was a minus three. The London airport at about minus 0.5 Celsius. In the spring, if we got to 0.5 Celsius, we would all say, well, gosh, that's nothing. Drive on. What's the problem here? It's a near miss, but isn't going to do any damage. Hokey from Chatham all the way up to Georgian Bay and to east of Toronto, I don't know, I think across the province pretty much, tremendous amount of injury. By Sunday morning, almost every cornfield I drove past smelled a bit like silage. That's how much damage that little bit of light frost did. And you kind of have to step back and say, why? Well, I did ask that question on Real Ag Radio on Monday, and Dave Harwood tweeting back saying, it was because of the intense sunshine and the rapid warm-up. I mean, gosh, normally to get that much injury, we talk about the duration of the cold temperatures as well. And I know that out at 6 a.m. in the morning and the truck thermometer at, at plus one or zero, just as the sun comes up is always the coldest. And there, depending on where I was, it was kind of minus one to zero. I never saw a minus two at all. 
and it warmed up relatively quickly. So the duration of the frost was really quite short and you would not expect severe injury. But Dave's saying that no, because that sunshine was so intense, we're still in September, it's got a lot more power than it does have in, in October and that rapid change in temperature sucks the, the heat out of that leaf and we get much more severe injury. And for sure, what's interesting is that along the trees, sometimes along the trees, you will actually see more frost injury because it, it stops the wind and you get more frost injury. Any shadow, wherever there was a shadow from a tree along a fence line, there is less frost injury. And I think that shows you that it, it really was that, that fast temperature rise that caused the injury as much as the frost. Meanwhile, an email from Mike, and he was out at four in the morning with one of those infrared temperature guns. His, he has double crop edible beans. If you can imagine this, that's taking a risk, but they looked incredible. His double crop edible beans, when he fired the laser at the leaf, it said minus nine. Now, how the leaf gets to minus nine when the air temperature is at minus one? I, yeah, I, I mean, we do get differences between the screen level, kind of that four foot level and ground level. We know that, but oh my gosh. In any case, at the end of the day, way more damage than we ever would have expected. So then you step back and say, okay, what does that do to the crop? So the double crop soybeans, the double crop edible beans, all those, uh, most of those double crop beans that are out there, oh, she's harsh because they needed to photosynthesize. A lot of those double crop soybeans just went black on the top immediately. If the leaves are left down in the canopy, they can still come along, but boy, it really is going to take the top yield off because we probably lost the top two or three nodes, and on double crops, you need every node you can get. So I think the impact there is quite huge on everything else. It's actually extremely minimal. So on corn, most of our corn was at 50% milk line, and a whole bunch of people asking me, so what's the, what's the impact on test weight? What's the impact on quality? What's the impact on yield? If you're 50% milk line, realistically, we only took the leaves off. We didn't damage the stem. I've been watching. It's still translocating. Uh, it, it took more leaves off than I ever imagined. I thought it would burn off the top leaf or the top two leaves. No, in many canopies, it's all the way down to the ear leaf, but we still do have leaves that are alive below the ear leaf and so they'll still photosynthesize but what's more important is that the stalk still is solid we didn't kill any of the stalk despite the amount of leaf tissue damage that we did so we'll get translocation out of that stalk a tweet by terry daynard terry of course that one of the main corn guys in ontario for a long long time when he was doing his doctorate August the 27th, 1965, they got a frost. August the 27th, in his plots, he gained 55 bushels per acre from the sugars translocating out of the stalk into the cob. Even though he lost all the leaves, the stalk was still had good integrity, gained 55 bushels per acre or up to 55 bushels per acre. So I, I think the impact on yield on most of the corn crop is almost zero. The impact on test weight, maybe a half a pound or a pound per bushel, but very, very limited, if anything at all. If you had later planted corn that 
was just starting to dent and you take the leaves off, it's a 15% yield hit. So not huge on that, on that front. Just before we leave frost, man, if you had sorghum sedan grass out there and it froze, don't forget the prussic acid problem. This is a huge issue on sorghum sedan grass this time of year with an early frost like that. You can't cut it for three to five days. So we're in the window now. You could cut it again, but you still can't feed it. It needs to ensile and give it almost 60 days, two months for that prussic acid to disappear before you can feed that, that forage now. Really huge implications on sorghum sedan grass. But every, any other forage, yeah, pretty much no big deal. Just go ahead, cut it, take it off. As everybody in the world is, wow, what a lot of hay has been cut and being harvested in excellent conditions. So that's all good. Okay, let's move on and talk. Oh, gosh, it's dry. And the ground has gone hard. I can't tell you how many people are complaining about trying to get wheat seed in the ground and just... I mean, it's beautiful to combine soybeans. The ground is so hard that the header rides over it. We're not pushing any dirt, but it has gone dry. Meanwhile, that means that the beans are also super dry, drying in many cases three or four percent in one day, going from you know eighteen percent edibles to fourteen percent edibles, going from seventeen percent soybeans to thirteen percent soybeans, all in one day. Josh asking a really good question. So I got super dry soybeans, 9% soybeans. What's the loss of leaving those out there versus taking the weight loss? Because 13% is dry, 9%, and you say, well, I've lost 4%. No, actually, you've lost 4.4%. So for every percent that you drop below the ideal moisture, the 13% soybeans, for every percent you go below that, you go to 12, you lose 1.1% in weight, give or take. If you go to 11, you lose 2.2%. You go to 10, it's 3.3%. It's just the way that math works out. So you're, you're at 9%, you lose about 4.4% in weight. However, Penn State has some really good research out there. And of course, we get the dews, the beans swell up, the odd pod shatters. And so what, what's the invisible loss? The invisible loss looks like about 1% per week that you leave it out there. I haven't any Ontario data, but that's sort of the thought process. Do you wait? Well, I think on edible beans, if you're cracking too many, and if you're cracking too many, lots of growers going to find different pulleys so they can slow that cylinder down even that much more so they don't crack so many and they can harvest 14% beans and not get the seed coat cracks but you're getting too many seed coat cracks you got to wait for rain to bring that moisture up on the soybean front i don't know if you take a four percent or a three percent yield loss from it being over dry versus waiting for rainfall maybe we wait one week maybe we wait two weeks and then the soil conditions get wet and oh gosh it's just it's tough to imagine leaving soybeans out in the field given this situation okay gotta move on here quickly alert 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 really tar spot in corn we're pretty sure two different locations in chatham kent albert tunis saying tar spot looks like it has arrived in ontario that's just not good news. I don't think it's a big deal because it's hit us late enough, but it means next year we are going to have to watch and perhaps control like crazy on that one. It has big yield implications. And the other one, last week's episode, I said that broadcasting treated wheat seed into a soybean field. We'd never seen a contamination issue. It was a bit of a concern. A grower sent me a message. Man, he did it 
two years ago, and when he harvested last summer or last fall, he has some treated wheat in his soybeans. It is a problem. That that's a real challenge. So if we're if we're going to broadcast wheat into our soybeans, we've really got to look at whether or not that is is a problem. But I just got to put that note out there. I said I'd never seen it. Well, now I've heard about it. So it is definitely something to be concerned about. Last, on a good note, wheat, new crop, 2021 wheat, $6.80 a bushel. Man, it's all so close to seven bucks. Put your sell order in at seven bucks. Even take some 680 if that's the worst you do. But awesome to plant wheat given the, that price and given the soil conditions that we have right now. Okay, going to move into that. And first up, how deep do I plant? It's super dry. How deep do I plant my wheat? If you can find moisture at three inches, you plant at three inches. This dry, it is going to take a ton of pressure to get to three inches. But if that's how deep you have to go, then go that deep. If you find moisture at an inch and a half, it's a beautiful loam soil, then plant at an inch and three quarters. Like Get into moisture, but just a hair but go up to three inches deep. If you cannot find moisture at three inches deep, then plant at an inch and a quarter and still go out there, get that wheat seed in the ground. It'll grow as soon as it rains. The other question, well, what's the seed rate? Jeff asking, so my soil's super dry, uh, but it's early. Do I cut my seed rate back? No, I think in this situation, not a big chance of rainfall. We're in a dry spell. I think you got to go with a standard seeding rate. Jeff, you're on heavy clay. That's 1.8 million seeds per acre. Is it right or wrong? Well, that'll depend on when it rains, but I think that's that's where you go. Andy asking, is there any difference if I broadcast my phosphorus before or after I plant my wheat? And the answer is, in our data, no, it really doesn't matter. We're no-tilling the wheat anyway. I don't like broadcast phosphorus in the fall, so I'd rather do it before I drilled the wheat to get what little incorporation I can out of that. But in, in terms of response, it makes no difference whatsoever. Mike saying, okay, so I'm planting. It's really early for me to plant. Do I still get the same benefit out of seed-placed phosphorus fertilizer? And the answer, Mike, is yes. Really surprising. Do you get a bigger response if you plant October 20th versus September 20th? Yeah, you get 7.5 bushel yield response on October the 20th. You get 6.5 bushel response on September the 20th. So a little bit counterintuitive, but that phosphorus response is real. On that note, uh, Craig from Zambia. Yes. The country of Zambia tweeting me saying, hey, thanks for, for the wheat stuff. Like, this is cool. This is the first year we have not used potash on our wheat. We almost always do. Uh, now, remember, wheat doesn't need potash, Craig. Corn and soybeans and most other crops do. Uh, and I, the soy soil test can get low enough that even wheat needs it. But typically, potash is not a big deal for wheat. Craig saying, didn't use potash? the best wheat crop he thinks he's had in years, even without using the potash with wheat. It's phosphorus, phosphorus, phosphorus. So on that note, Mike asking, what is the right amount of, I'm a liquid guy, of 624.6? I've heard three gallons, I've heard five gallons. Mike, you need five gallons. We need that 
basically, you know, 16 pounds of phosphorus. I'd like to actually get up to 26 pounds or 25 pounds of phosphorus, P205, with the wheat seed. That seems to be the break point. That gets to be about nine gallons of, of liquid. You can't afford that. But to go to three gallons, three gallons could be okay in corn. Corn's in 30-inch rows. It's the concentration in the row. With wheat, seven and a half inch rows, stay at five gallons. You need that much phosphorus. Dang, last thing I'll have time for. Jim asking, hey, Peter, what about fall nitrogen on wheat? I'm going to give it this year, baby. I'll put on 100 pounds of, of urea, 46 pounds of nitrogen, drive it in the fall. No, you will simply lose 23 pounds of that 46 over the winter, and you will get no more yield. Shane and I did a four-year study. Fall nitrogen in Ontario does not work, and the nitrogen you lose is an environmental concern. Look at that. Once again, I am out of time. On behalf of the team here at realagriculture.com, this is Wheat Beat with the word for Wednesday, September the 23rd. Keep the feedback coming. I'll keep talking next Wednesday. See you then.